Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, Tim. Uh, thanks for having me this morning. I really appreciate you all inviting me in. Yeah, 20 days out. What are you doing? I mean, we ask this of every candidate. Uh, what? And you, you've run and won and run and lost before. What's this campaign like? Obviously unique. What's it like for you? Oh, it's completely different than the previous few times, without a doubt. You know, we, we find ourselves as uh, volunteers and folks working on the campaign, spending a lot of time on the phone, a lot more time than usual. Uh, there's not as many events that you can go to. And then if there's a decision about whether you choose to go to those events as well because of the risk that that can pose for yourself and for others. And uh, so it's a, it's a lot more phone time. Uh, and, and, and in one way, that's really, uh, you know, you're, you're missing getting to see the people and shake their hands and, and knock the doors and talk to folks face to face. Well, you know, I, and I don't want to get too deep into the weeds here, but as we say, you've run and won, you've run and lost, and obviously different feelings like any athlete playing a game, any kind of competition you would prefer to win. I'm going to assume, though, that you learn things when you lose. What, what did you learn from your losing campaign? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, you always there's always more lessons you can take away because you can sort of pinpoint what you could have done better. And uh, a couple of things that I learned. Number one is, uh, you know, I ran in I ran in the fall of 2017, turned around and served uh, the people of 119, and then uh, in the middle of that, changed jobs. So you know, it's quite quite a tumultuous six or seven months. I came out of that and I took a breath and I, <laughs> I took a break during the primary uh, time in 2017. And when I look back on it and say that would have been a great time to, to run a campaign unopposed or not, uh, to get a feel for what that fall was going to look like in 20, 2018. Uh, so uh, that's one of the things I look back on and go, and that's one of the things I did different this time, is we, we ran a full-throated campaign in the primary, reaching out to folks, connecting with them. Uh, we did take a couple of breaks along the way uh, to, to address some of the pandemic stuff, took suspended the campaign for a quick minute here and there. But in, in the whole, that was the big takeaway is you, you get started and you work as hard as you can the whole way throughout. You don't take a breath. My observation anyway, and again, we're talking here with Jonathan Wallace, candidate in the election that's 20 days away, looking to unseat Marcus Weedauer, the Republican representative in that House district, mostly O'Connor. County, some Clark County in that district as well. My observation, I've moderated a couple of forums with the two of you in, in, in some of these election cycles. You, you, you seem at least stylistically kind of kind of very similar, actually. You'll disagree, and you do, uh, and, and vigorously on some policy positions, but neither one of you bomb throwers, neither one of you going after the other guy personally seem to get along and like each other. Well, uh, you know, our kids are in the same grade, and uh, we see each other at the school events and, and volunteer events for the school. So we do run in some of the same circles. But I think what undergirds that for me is, is about trust and respect for the folks when you're engaging in the political process. And I think that's what it really undergirds uh, the reason that I feel very strongly that I'm the candidate for the race is, uh, is that, you know, the things I promised that I was going to do when I stepped into that role and that responsibility for the people of 119, I followed through on that. And, uh, and I think that's, that's the thing that, uh, you know, I go back to is, is, is how, can I, how can I serve the people uh, to the best of my ability? And, and while Marcus and I may disagree on different things and, uh, and, and, and I question, you know, wh- whether he's going to be able to do that same follow-through that I can do in the same way that I can, I, I think there's things that I bring to the table that are undeniable, uh, that, that, that are unique to me in the statehouse. 
Um, you know, I think that's, uh, that's something I still try to respect out of every person is how do I respect every person, uh, whether we agree or not. It boils down to I still have to find a way to, to speak with that person, to hear them, especially when I'm serving as their representative. Now, let's talk about some of the issues. And you touched on the overarching issue already, the issue of COVID-19, the state's response to the pandemic. What would you offer by mm-hmm. way of criticism? What would you offer by way of advice, policy advice, legislative advice moving forward? Well, the big thing I think is is that we cut this. We cut a billion dollars from education at a time when you know there's teachers who are have immunocompromised parents at home that they're taking care of, in addition to their teaching load. I know it's different in Athens, Clark County, but out here in Oconee County, where I live, uh, the teachers are a lot of the teachers are teaching, and so those teachers are having to get supplies for their classroom, get wipes to wipe down their desks at the same time. Uh, that there was a budget cut, so there's not like the schools do that. They're spending that extra $40 a week that they get from the governor's uh, uh, increases, which I think are very helpful but to the teachers, but they're having to turn around and deal with that, the, the stress of the pandemic on top of that. So what I would have liked to have seen different is that we reinvested in education. It was the thing that I pushed for in 2017 that I took some hard votes on in 2018 when I was serving in the House and ultimately prevailed and pushed for fully funding our education, uh, our, our schools, uh, in that 2018 cycle, and I was very proud that I followed through on that promise. Well, I, I always ask this question every time, and you've probably heard me ask this question before, maybe in the recipient mm-hmm. of it at some point along the way, Jonathan Wallace, candidate for a seat in the Georgia House. Uh, in terms of education funding, cuts or not, education funding mm-hmm. remains by by a pretty good amount the largest line item in the state budget, typically in a given budget year, at least 54 55% of every dollar going mm-hmm. to education. If that's not enough, what should the percentage be? Well, it needs to be a percentage where we have a universal public education for every child that needs one, and we still have a high disparity. We know that every dollar that we invest in those earliest years pays back dividends down the road when we invest in those students. One of the things I would like to see specifically is uh, our K-12 our, our K teachers are paid on one pay scale. Our pre-K teachers are paid less, but they have to have the same certification. So they're paid less for the same job, uh, and they're teaching, their, their impact on those youth is some of the most impactful. And when we have qualified, skilled pre-K teachers – I would love to see those folks being paid the same rate as to the people that have the same credentials as them, K through 12. And one of those things I don't know and probably should, whose policy is that? Is that a matter of the legislature? Is that something the State Department of Education dictates? Is that something that's decided at the local level? Well, our pre-K teachers are funded through uh, the, the lottery uh, grant uh, fund program, so it comes from the lottery sales. So, But that is a state thing. Is that We could legislatively address that and see that brought up to brought up to 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 par jonathan wallace again the election 20 days away he's looking to unseat incumbent representative marcus weedauer i uh, mentioned health care uh your website wallace for 119.com i support closing the medicaid gap first of all define medicaid gap what are we talking about here yeah when i was uh, serving i heard from a young woman who worked at a captain d's here in the area in the district and she shared with me that if she worked full-time she lost ha- access to health care uh, and she had a medical condition that would put her in the hospital one to two weeks out of the year. So the, the Medicaid gap essentially is is that gap that people fall into if they make too much too much funds. So they have health care if they're under a certain threshold, but as soon as they get over that, uh, they can lose access to health care, and that can force them in a position where they can't uh, they can't uh, you know work enough that they'd like to to better themselves, to improve their position, to take on more responsibilities at work. And what that ultimately leads to is it leads to higher costs for everybody. We've seen the results elsewhere in the state, uh, in the country, excuse me. We've seen the receipts from the states that have closed that gap 
uh, and they've seen that the, the costs for healthcare have either not risen as quickly uh, as they would elsewhere, So, and, and that they and functionally bring more jobs to the state as people are able to access health care, uh, which reduces the cost because people aren't using emergency care as their first uh, uh, option of resort for health care, uh, which brings down the cost for everybody. So it's, it's one of those things that uh, it makes a lot of financial sense right now. Every dollar we would invest in this program, we'd receive back $8, which is a great return on investment. If you can find me that investment, I'll do it any day of the week. So uh, that works out to be about $8 million a day that we're missing out. And these are funds that the people have already – uh, uh, given to the state. Those already go up. They go to the federal government, and then they get distributed to other states. So these are funds that are Georgian funds that are being given to other states. So I, I think we should have moved on this a long time ago, uh, but we waited a while. That's okay. We Now we see the receipts are in. We need to move on it now. Well, again, as I mentioned a moment ago, education uh, annually, the largest share, a largest portion of the state budget, but the fastest growing part, and the legislatures, uh, legislators will tell us this as they grapple with the budget every year, fastest growing segment of the state budget is health care, specifically Medicaid. Now, from where do you find the money? Well, that's a great question, and that's the question that we'll be tasked with as uh, as state legislators, we have to go up there and fight for the priorities and say, what's the most impactful thing that we can do for the state of Georgia? What's going to what's gonna lift the state as a whole and make us more competitive, uh, make people want to come here and raise their families here, or if they're here, stay here, make people want to ha- have businesses here, uh, worship here. All of those things matter. And so when we look at where do the funds come from, it's always a question of the funds are there, it's where are we spending them? And when we look at the, the uh, auditing process, we can audit the things that we've already spent money on in the past. Are those things things that we should continue to reinvest in? And here I'm talking about those corporate corporate uh, tax breaks where they're not paying back what they're supposed to. We have an auditing uh, program at the state level where they look at this and they go, well, look, we're seeing a you know, 10 cents come back on the dollar. That program should probably get the axe. It's not something that we should continue to do. And that's one of the things I would criticize our legislature for in the last cycle. When we knew COVID was here, they took a break uh, to sort of get their bearings. When they came back, there was no consideration of that reviewing those programs and looking at those tax breaks and going, do they still make sense for Georgia? Instead, we had to balance that budget on the backs of our students and our teachers and their staff. Any concern, Jonathan Wallace, any concern about the election process itself, the, the absentee voting that's taken place, the early voting that's underway, voting on Election Day, counting of the votes, getting the votes to the elections office, any concerns about any links in that chain? Well, the thing I'd like to say with, with the utmost confidence and, and really share with the folks and hope that they take home from this is that I have all the confidence in the world in our local uh, poll workers and our local boards of elections and our election directors in, in both Athens and Clark County. I have had an opportunity to meet both of those folks while I was serving. I served on the Board of Elections uh, in between running again and after serving the last time and got a chance to get in deep and, and understand the process and, and learn and provide some of my expertise as a technologist uh, to some of the issues that we were that we were seeing and making decisions as a board. And uh, those folks work super, super hard. So I think the thing that folks need to know is that you can go vote early. You should go vote early. Um, if you have an absentee ballot, you're welcome to return that. Your vote will be counted uh, irrespective of the if you do it immediately uh, via your absentee ballot or you choose to go in person and, and do an early vote or whether you choose to wait the day of. Um, I think that we have to remember to have faith and trust and in our process uh, and realize that every time we step out into uh, the, the voting booth or step out to run for office, it's an act of faith 
and uh, and we have to put our faith in God and, and move forward, and, and we will see where, we, where things shake out at the end of the day, but I feel confident that we will be where we need to be. Oh, we'll leave it there. Jonathan Wallace, uh, again, the website, wallacefor119.com, wallacefor119.com. Jonathan Wallace, best of luck. Thanks for your time this morning. Thank you for having me, sir. You have a great day. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.